for me, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, my anxiety was huge. And it was a daily, chronic, everyday thing. And I went to therapy twice a week for a long time. And I really like had to dive deep. But like, I have a very not strict, I don't like that word, but just I have a very specific lifestyle that helps me feel my best. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. For all you newbies out there, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple. We release them Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't want you to miss them. My next guest, her name is Megan Gallagher. She's a 24-year-old, two-times TED Talk speaker. She's a number one best-selling author, after Buzz TV host and writer, anxiety advocate for teens, and she's also a podcast host. While growing up, she experienced chronic anxiety and panic attacks. She turned her pain into purpose and became the role model she craved as a teen. She has currently spoken at over 500 middle schools plus high schools. She's written four best-selling books on Amazon and is creating her own line of athleisure wear as well as essential oils and candles. We had an amazing conversation, you guys. She is another 24-year-old that's just killing it, and she's just got such a powerful purpose, and she's well beyond her years. She's got such a bright soul to her, and we had such an awesome conversation that... She's going to make, so she's already making an impact, but to, uh, it's just exciting to, to meet someone like this because you're going to see like they're going to go places in life, you know, and they're going to be the people in five years that we see as like the people that are giving the message to us and to teens. And what she has, what she's doing with teenagers and with anxiety, it's close to home for me because I, I had, I've had anxiety my whole life and it's always been a struggle to manage it. And to be able to have your mission as um, to target teens that are going through it, it's so powerful. Teenage years are the hardest years. You couldn't pay me enough money to go back to those years. And at the time, we don't really know it's anxiety until later on. And I, you know, it took me a while to figure out. So we unpack this. You guys, longer conversation, but you guys are gonna love this. It's full of value. Make sure to listen to this right till the end. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And make sure to take notes. Get out your notepad. Lots of lots of bombs are dropping here, all right? So sit back, relax. Megan Gallagher coming right up. We are on. Megan, what's up? How are you doing? I'm so good, Lance. How are you? <laughs> good. Again, one of those moments where I should have just hit record as soon as we connected because there's yes. stuff... I'm like, shit, we're not getting this on, on recording right now. So yeah. <laughs> how's it going? What's going on? Uh, you're in Nashville right now, you just said? Yes, yeah. I'm in Nashville. I'm currently in my hotel room. Um, yeah. So I left LA because the quarantine was just 
you know, I was like, I need a break. I've been here for almost three months, beginning of quarantine. I want a break. And I, you know, just, I have friends in Nashville. And so I'm staying in Nashville. I've been here for four days. So I'm staying here for two weeks. And then I'm off to Chicago and then Utah. So it's like a little trip just to visit friends and just to like, you know, just get some fresh air, go change the scenery. And I mean, I will say, first of all, I love the South. Like the Southern people are so friendly and so nice. Like quarantine here. I mean, it's very like casual. Like I mean, people are walking around and going to bars. And so I'm definitely having fun here. Um, But yes, currently in Nashville and I'm feeling really good. I have a lot of projects going on and I'm, you know, just staying positive. I'm just keeping, keep on keeping on and I'm just moving forward and, you know, just like, to me, this quarantine is, it's kind of like the ultimate test, you know, of like, really let go of what you cannot control. And to me, it's like, I literally am always, you know, whatever it may be, whether it is a global pandemic, or just, you know, anything in life, it's like, I'm still gonna, you know, be my best self and be positive because I know that that makes other people feel better. Mm -hmm. And I know that, um, you know, it's like a domino effect. And I think everyone to whatever ability they can, because I'm not saying, you know, like, go, you know, do something that's going to risk people's health. But it's like, we shouldn't, you know, just stop like living our dreams and, and like, we still can alter and, you know, just make variations of like, okay, so, you know, this isn't possible right now, like throwing a concert, not possible, but it's just, yeah, like just making those changes, but just really, you know, making the best of it. Totally. And yeah, I completely agree. It's really an interesting time and different parts of the world have the different, (laughs) different, uh, protocols. Yes. You know, where I'm in uh, Vancouver, Canada. So it's been one of the spots that didn't get hit Mm-hmm. Much. So, you know, things haven't really been that crazy. Um, certain people take it further than others and whatever, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now we're, we are, where we are, but where I wanted to ask you a question is I feel this is a good question to kick things off mm-hmm. that especially kind of we're at this pandemic point where like we we're kind of feel like we're getting out of it, but we may be kind of dipping back in here and there. But if you could go back to January 1st, 2020, if yourself... Seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> I know. If you could go back to January 1st, 2020 and give yourself some advice oh, on gosh. what you know now, yeah, what would you say? Oh my gosh. I would say... <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> I would say... Yeah. I would say like... Go girl, watch I mean, the media. <laughs> I know. I would say... Actually, you know what I would honestly say? I would say, like, just do what you know. Because I remember when I was younger, and I feel like, like, years of, like, I've been in therapy for years. Like, I still have a therapist that I talk to all the time. And I think it's just, you know, like, when I was 14, and I was going through anxiety, I kept on, I would just, I call it readjusting. Like, you know, if, one day it didn't go well, or that boy didn't text me back, like whatever situation was negative, or it didn't turn out in like the way I wanted it to, I would literally, I would just like flip it around until I found the silver lining, the blessing, the teaching moment, 
the, you know, just something where I could grow and learn from. And that's like something that is just programmed in me just all of these years. It's literally the way I am. And so now, you know, although this is like on a much bigger scale, obviously, I still am applying that same rule, you know, of, okay, so yes, my, I myself, I can wear a mask. I can, you know, stand six feet apart and I can wash my hands and use hand sanitizer and, you know, like stay home and avoid traveling, but I can't control the government. You know, I can't control the president. I can't control the, the mayors, the governors, the, I can't do that. So I think when you do get anxious, you are focusing on like too big of things that are out of your control. So you need to start like, you know, taking it more local and making it smaller Mm -hmm. and start focusing on things that are in your control. Like every single day, which choice, you know what I can choose to eat a healthy, you know, meal for lunch. And that will make you feel better. Eating healthy food will make you feel better. Like you took you know, you made a healthy choice and then you can also choose, you know, I'm going to get a lot of sleep. I'm going to, you know, have like some self care. I'm going to turn off my phone and my emails an hour before I go to bed. And, you know, I'm going to just like chill. And so I think it's just really all about the choices and coming Mm -hmm. back to the basics and just knowing that when you do focus on things that are like, out of your control or they're negative and obviously with the media you know a lot of it it's like i think it's also just the overwhelm of so many different opinions and doctors and scientists where people just need one answer they don't need fifty thousand, you know every day the news updates it's too much you're gonna overwhelm yourself and that will lead to a panic attack so i think just you know literally going back to the basics yeah, and I think during this pandemic was kind of like just the lessons for life, the things that we need mm-hmm. to apply. You know, yeah, the circumstances were extreme, but a lot of the things that, you know, yeah. that you had to, uh, the letting go of like things and, and the surrendering and the quieting down. And there's so many lessons that were made when you're in quarantine, like mm-hmm. that you have to learn. And I think everybody has had to sort of learn what they needed to learn about themselves, right? Yes, and like, you know, I know, like some people when I talk about this, they're like, are you on something? But like, I really personally believe like everything happens for some reason. And sometimes, you know, it can take a few years for us to understand or maybe we'll never really understand. Even, you know, this has like, it's like, it started in you know China. It has like scientific like evidence based. I just feel like you know things really like the timing of things. I just feel like it happens for a reason. I and agree. even if that's like you know oh my gosh I met the love of my life when I was seventeen and that was when it was meant to happen. Versus you know no one saw this global pandemic happen. No one could have seen it coming. It came out of left field. And no one wants to be home. You know, of course, we all were like, everyone wants to be living their dreams out and about traveling, living life. No one wants to be like, you know, feeling like a kid in time out, like locked up. Like, that's not fun. But I think just like really realizing the silver lining, like you said, 
it's actually like a pause. You know, a lot of us were living our lives, like for me, a thousand miles an hour. And I still am, you know, just getting stuff done. And like, I want to accomplish and I want to do all these things. And I still am. But, you know, like this quarantine, it's just been such a time where I can actually sit with myself and really think about, you know, what means a lot to me. And like, just things that I normally because I'm so busy, you know, helping other people and speaking and writing books. But now I'm like, wait, like, you know, just what matters to me right now at 24 at this time in my life, what really, really, really matters. And I think it's also been crazy, you know, seeing how many um, people have like, just huge like milestones, like whether their marriage ended, unfortunately, or they got pregnant, or, you know, just all these things are kind of but I think it's healthy, you know, because it's allowing things to just come up to the surface and just like Mm. heal. And um, it's like, someone said this really good quote the other day that was like, what are you like going to take, like what parts of you do you not want to bring into like post quarantine? Like what, you know, what parts of you do you want to like leave behind? And I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. It's, there's, there's always a silver lining in all these situations. I think that there is, I think everything happens for a reason also. I I believe that it was a time for things to reset. And if you didn't have a spiritual practice or some sort of mindfulness practice, you may have got hit harder than the person that's been doing the work just Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff. But if you had been doing the work prior, you know, if you had been addressing things before, it may not have been such a big blow, but I, yeah. I, I would think now there are people that would maybe, this was the, the catalyst to be like, hey, maybe I should think about doing a, uh, slowing down a bit. Maybe meditation isn't a bad thing. Maybe journaling, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, really having the self-awareness to take inventory of all the things I do have versus what I don't have. Because when you can't consume all the time, when you can't go and find these things, you really have to appreciate, okay, this is what I Mm. have here. These are the things that I have to work with. You know, what works here? And do I really need those things that have been running me this whole time? Yes. Are those things necessary? It's so true. It's like, Mm. you know, all like... I don't know, you know, just in in today's world, 2020, it's like we live at such a fast pace. Like everything is like, I mean, sometimes it's kind of scary, like instant gratification. You can have anything delivered to your house in five seconds and like, you know, all all these likes and comments and everything is just so like, it's, it's just like so like constant like receiving I don't know it's just constant like receiving and going and going and okay okay I'm enough I'm enough I feel enough these people but it's like yeah but I don't know you know how healthy that like mindset is like is that really gonna last you your whole life when you know like you turn 35 or you get kids or you get married it's like yeah I think just reevaluating like what your beliefs are and what you're into. And, you know, also just simply, am I happy? 
Yeah. Like, am I happy in this job? And I think this is a blessing for a lot of people who, whether you're post-college and you just, you know, jumped into the first job possible because you're like, I need that security. I need that paycheck. I, you know, I just need that like safety, um, like flotation device thing. And, you know, now it's like everyone's either went back home to their parents' house or they're just on a pause. So it's like, this is the time to start sitting with yourself and having those hard conversations of, am I happy in this marriage, in this job, in this living situation, in these friendships? Like, do they make me feel good about myself? What's my gut feeling saying? And it, you just, you have to trust that. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it comes back to just the general lesson for everyday life, COVID or not. These are the things that people had to learn now and that they should be, that, you know, I want to invite people to take these things now Mm -hmm. into their life because um, they're important. It's the awareness and sometimes Mm -hmm. shit needs to hit the fan for people to realize these things. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Unfortunately, that's the reality that we're in, but you know, it's good and bad depending where you're at, right? It's all, it's all, it's all learning and it's, uh, it's been really interesting, but there, there's something I wanted to talk to you about that when I was kind of doing my research about you and Mm -hmm. something that I've suffered with in my life, my whole life. And I didn't realize what it was at the time until Mm -hmm. later. But let's, t- I want to talk about like what anxiety is to you. Yes. Because this is so big and this is like a constant thing in my evolution at figuring out what it is and why it is. Because what you were saying sometimes, and you kind of struck a chord with me when you're, th- when you're saying sometimes it's when it's the overwhelming big th- stuff, we think, oh shit, I got to do all of this. But yes. what can I control right now? And that itself brings clarity, which brings down the anxiety. But I would love if you could walk us through a bit of your journey and how did you discover this and, and how have you experienced it in your own life? Yes. So for me, my anxiety, me and anxiety go way back. Um, I would like to say anxiety, me and anxiety have been in a long distance relationship for 24 years. Yeah. Um, and To me, you know, as young as I can remember, I was always the girl, like in all my family home movies from the 90s and stuff, you know, the camera pans to me and I'm like, oh, like I was always crying Mm. and upset and not throwing a tantrum, that's not a good word, but just like freaking out. I got overwhelmed a lot and it wasn't... I would say my parents, you know, so they took notice. They were like, okay, you know, I have an older sister, Catherine. And they were like, well, you know, Catherine doesn't really act this way. Like, it's just Megan. And, you know, it wasn't like, oh, Catherine's better than Megan. But it was just like, you know, Megan's more sensitive. And, you know, she needs more attention. And she gets triggered easily. And she doesn't like large crowds of people. And they just kind of took note of all these things. And then... It wasn't until, I would say, you know, elementary school. It's just as I got older and like my body started to develop and I was actually aware of, you know, like my mind and my thoughts and I was old enough to speak and, you know, to be more in touch with my emotions. It just, it started clicking. I was like, 
is this how everyone thinks? And I just, I, I never really understood why. And this is when I was younger, I thought like I had to get anxious. Like I was like, you know, why at 11 a.m. every day after English class, why do I have to feel this way? Like I, I, I literally felt like I was a puppet, like being controlled by like something. And I felt like, oh, it's 11 a.m., so I have to, you know, feel like I have the flu and get really achy and feel like I'm having a panic attack and just feel so uncomfortable when you, like, you just, like, curl up in a ball and you feel like you're going to burst and cry and, like, you, you know, can't, like, you just shut the world out. And I never knew why. And then it wasn't until my freshman year of high school when my anxiety it just took like a 180 and it just got huge. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, it was the trigger of eighth grade, the summer, and then freshman year of high school. It was just that change, you know, graduating middle school and going to high school. Um, Some of my friends were going to a different high school. You know, I just, I didn't feel good about my body. I mean, puberty is really hard. That's such a hard age. It's so hard. And I was so uncomfortable with myself. (laughs) Like I had neck ear and I had braces and I like your weight fluctuates and you get acne and it's just, you're so like uncomfortable with yourself. You don't know what to do with like, you know, like just your body change. Like you don't know what to do. (laughs) And so I remember freshman year of high school, my anxiety got really bad and it started um, like I said, my English class, it was my second period. So it was, I would say around 9.30 a.m. in the morning. And the first few weeks of high school, it was okay. But I, I definitely had, you know, like the worrying of, okay, so, you know, where's my locker? Oh my gosh, that fear of like being late to class and, you know, people looking at you and then you make no friends. I had all of that. Um, and I was like, who am I going to sit with at lunch and all these things. But I, you know, I, f- I figured my way in that department but it wasn't until just mid freshman year where I was like okay you know something is going on and I kind of started you know putting the clues together and I was like so I I start off the day feeling fine like I leave my house and I literally would like make a journal and kind of like retrace my steps and I was like you know, I leave my house, I feel amazing. And then I get to school and then I feel even better. And then it's just in this class, I start feeling sweaty and like my muscles get really sore. Like I just worked out and I didn't stretch after. And like my, I just feel like I can't swallow and my tongue gets really dry. And I feel like, like I'm just going to burst. Like I just, like I can't handle any more like stimulation or someone like telling me to do something. And I just remember, I was like, what are, I called them episodes because I didn't know that it was a panic attack. Mm. And so I was like, what are these episodes happening throughout the day? And then it wasn't until, yeah, mid, mid freshman year where I was like, I would, you know, start, I had to like start asking my teacher, can I go to the bathroom? Because I would have these episodes, but I would keep a poker face and like, I didn't want anyone to see. What were you feeling in those moments? So I just want to pinpoint for somebody just want to stop you there because somebody it's different for everybody. So what was that for you in that moment? What were you feeling and what, what did you feel that made you have to go out of the room? Like, 
Oh, it's, yeah, it was horrible. I would feel, so first I would feel like just overall my body, it felt very like sore and it felt like my muscles just got tight and I felt all of a sudden super dehydrated. Like I felt hungry and thirsty all at the same time. And then I noticed that my throat and tongue would get really dry and then my heart rate would get really fast and I would feel like my hands and feet and toes kind of like cramp up and I just all of a sudden like, you know, like the, it's just the craziest things. Like I would feel the left side of my body, get all that pins and needles feeling. And like, I would just feel, I like to me, anxiety can make you feel so many things, but to me, anxiety, it just, every time I felt like I literally, like my body can't like handle anymore. And I felt like literally I was being like run over by a truck, like just too much pressure and, and like too many things happening all at once. Like, I also feel like, you know, if you're having anxiety, I, I would feel like I was barely catching a breath. Like I felt like I was breathing from up here and I'm like, <sighs> like I couldn't get a full breath in. And I would just ask my teacher because I didn't know what was going on. You know, I had a fear of, I'm going to pass out, you know, in front of people. Like I'm going to pass out in my English class. Cause I, once again, I was like, is this a stroke or that's going on? Cause I don't know what this is. So I would ask my teacher, can I have the hall pass? And I would, you know, go to the bathroom and it just, it just freaked me out. And then I would like get some fresh air and I opened the door. And once the cold air hit me, I felt better. But then I would walk to the bathroom And I like, you know, I was by myself, there was no one in the hallway. So I just felt like I could actually like really do some deep, deep breathing. And I would walk to the bathroom stall and just look at myself in the mirror and kind of like talk myself down and calm myself down. And then I would come back to the classroom um, like 10 minutes later and then I felt better. So I really, you know, I had a hard time of like, is this, is this an actual like medical condition? Like, is this, you know, what is actually happening? This is scary. Um, Cause if you don't know what a panic attack is, or it's your first one, you literally, you know, can feel like you're having a heart attack. Like you just yeah. feel like the world is ending. It's just, that's, yeah. 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 Sorry to cut you off there. But no, the, no, that's, no. <laughs> that's the feeling. So what, yes. the reason is like, I really wanted you to like explain the clarity of what that feels like because it gets thrown around anxiety, panic attacks. Yeah. But to really, okay, here's why I say this is that my mom used to talk about this stuff. And as a kid, I was like, mom, what, the, like, what, what is this? Right. My right. dad never understood it. He was like, mm-hmm. what is this anxiety stuff? He didn't get it. And I didn't either. You know, and I was like, mom, like, what's wrong with you? You know, like I never understood until later Mm -hmm. when I got it. And that feeling of like, you feel like you're going to have a heart attack for my experience was in in a situation where I feel like I'm going to die. I'm like, oh no, oh no. Like literally you're like, I'm going to, there's people around. They're going to see me like die right now. Right. (laughs) And that's the thought process. Yeah. So crazy. (laughs) And for me, it was because I did, a I, it, what brought it out of me was I did a lot of drugs when I was a younger kid, when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So I, which messed up, which I, it was such a terrible thing to do at that age. And so mm-hmm. many people do it. But for me, it like, it like brought something that was there right to the surface. It yeah. like amplified yeah. it. So then all of a sudden I, I felt this thing 
that I never felt before, this panicky thing mm-hmm. from my 20s and I'm 36 now. And it's, it's always been something that it's now that feeling that like panicky feel like I'm going to die feeling is, yeah. is tied in to any other situation that makes me feel like a little bit like to the point overwhelmed where I get that mm-hmm. of that, that same feeling. So it's just such an interesting thing and you learn to control it better. Yeah. You no, know, it's, it's, you learn to, for me, a lot of it's diet. What I put in my body really changes it. Caffeine, sleep, a lot of things, mindset, breath work, meditation, all of this. Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing that stuff. I'm like a different person and little things will trigger it. And mm-hmm. I just find it really interesting because each person has their own way of what that looks like because yeah. anxiety is such a broad thing. And I think people are afraid of addressing that we all, well, I don't know if all people do, but most people go through that in one way or another and really Mm -hmm. unpacking it from whether it's excitement because some anxiety is like, there's a form of, if you're going to do something new or you're going to speak, you probably should have a little bit of like excitement. Of course. Yeah. Which gets tied into it. But then at the same time, you know, what are your thoughts on like, where's a healthy level of anxiety yeah. versus like being uh, an unhealthy? Like, where does that sit for you? Yeah. And how do you deal with it now? So for me, I think a really great way to kind of like, you know, basically it's like a thermometer, you know, like when you're driving, it's that like, just I don't know what it's called, like a barometer or whatever it's called, the thing that goes up and down, just to like measure where you are. Um, I think a great thing to do is when you're going about your day and let's say you're on a flight or you're in a car, you're in an Uber or, you know, you're somewhere where like you just feel like you don't have time to like, you know, sit in the middle of like a busy office building and just like do your thing. I think a great thing to do is to, just give yourself a number, like one through 10. Just, you know, if you feel all of a sudden you woke up, you felt awesome. And then it's like 2 PM and you feel just like funky or like you just feel like really like you're about to have a panic attack or you feel just really thrown off. Um, it's really important to just really take note of like where you are on the one through 10 scale, you know, 10 being, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, you know, blow up and I can't handle anything else. And one being like, oh, I'm cool as a cucumber, like everything's good. So it's just labeling yourself with a number and you can say in your head or you can write it down or say it out loud. And it's just really powerful just to like stop. And, um, you know, also I think something that I do, if I ever feel, cause anxiety to me, it can make me feel really like, not present in the moment. Like my mind can kind of go on autopilot. Sure. Um, So one thing that helps me is just labeling like things around me. So if I feel ungrounded, you know, instead of kind of listening to my thoughts, I will start saying out loud once again, or thinking to myself things that are around me. So I'll be like, um, you know, like uh, orange notepad. Like I'll just start listing actual like, you know, like real things that are like around me, like actual, like a tube of lip gloss window. And so I, to me, that's like, okay, so one, where is the actual threat? 
you know, like there's not a tiger chasing me. I'm not going to die. It's just my brain is thinking too many things at once. Mm. And so my body can't handle that. So, cause to me, each thought comes with an emotion. It's like yeah. they're, you know, a two for one package. So to me, if I'm thinking a thousand thoughts, then my body's going to have like a thousand emotions, you know, and it can't, that's too much. So I think just once again, also writing down a list of things you have to do throughout the day, instead of keeping it up in your mind, it can, you know, make your mind feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I have too many things to, you know, focus on or to keep track of. Um, but I also, you know, I don't really get anxiety anymore. Like for me, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, my anxiety was huge and it was a daily chronic everyday thing. And I went to therapy twice a week for a long time and I really like had to dive deep, but now I'm 24 and I don't really get anxious anymore because I know so quickly how to stop it before it, you know, takes a wrong turn. Um, and I also personally, I like, I have a very not strict. I don't like that word, but just, I have a very specific lifestyle that helps me feel my best. And I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink caffeine. You know, I, no matter what, even though I run my own business and I have a lot of things to juggle all the time, I always prioritize my sleep before anything else, because I know that, you know, I am like the talent, the person like I run my own show. And so I know that I can't perform my best if I'm tired or if I feel like just like I can't do that. So I prioritize sleep. I get nine hours of sleep every single night. And yes, I'm like a grandma. I go to bed really early, but I love it. Um, And I have morning routines. I have nighttime routines. I still do all of that. And I still have to like, you know, sometimes anxiety, it can feel like you're just, you know, like, um, babysitting where you have a kid around you who's like two years old and they're constantly like, wait, I want to go to that store. Wait, 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 wait. And you're like, no, come on, come on. We have to go here. Cause this is, you know, I have to go. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of dragging this constant thing around. That's like, no, but like getting distracted. Your inner two-year-old, your inner two-year-old wanting to go everywhere. Exactly. Or like a dog on a leash. You know what I mean? They're like, squirrel acorn tree and you're like no we have to go to point a and then come back home because that's you know going to be productive but our mind and our anxiety it's like just you know this like oh but no but and then why did that guy look at me that way they they want our mind our anxiety wants to hyper analyze every single thing like backwards sideways inward just till we get closure till we get the control that we wish we had over the situation. Yeah. Yeah. What are some triggers for you? Cause for me, for some reason, airplanes flying triggers my anxiety oh, for some reason. I fully get that. <laughs> like, and, but the thing is, is why I'm really, I really think talking about this is important for people mm-hmm. is that people may say they don't have anxiety yet. They're constantly drinking away any sort of nervousness yeah. or like prescription drugs or some sort of thing that yeah. they don't realize that that what they're doing is actually masking the anxiety like it's the yeah. nervousness it's the uneasiness yeah. and i know because i that's how i drank like that for many years any sort of discomfort oh, let's just get a beer 
ah, just get, get a, get, you know, cause I worked in the yeah. bars. I, I, I knew how to go. I don't like this feeling. Let's just have a drink. Of and course, yeah. It's, and the fact that you don't drink and don't have caffeine, those are the two things that are like anxiety mm-hmm. uh, magnifiers, right? Yeah. They're- and I try to, and I, I honestly, like this goes back to um, my parents and I was raised, you know, I owe like everything to my parents because I know it very easily could have gone a different way if I, you know, had chronic anxiety. And for me, it's hereditary. Like it runs in my family. It's just, but I, you know, I say it's the way our minds are, but I don't use that as an excuse. Like I have worked so hard to like push, I push, I have to push myself, you know, every day outside my comfort zone. And like Megan pushed past the thoughts. Like I am I, I hate it when people like come up with excuses or like they like to be the victim. That's my biggest pet peeve. Mm-hmm. But I would say, um, you know, I owe so much credit though, because my parents, you know, like they just, they did, they did such a great job at handling, you know, just a child who needed help. And they never once made me feel dumb or like I was making it up for attention or that, you know, oh, Megan, it's just a phase. Get over it. Suck it up. Just, they never once did that. They literally, like, put me in therapy the next day. They were like, we love you so much, Megan. You're going to be fine. And I know very easily it could have gone a different way. And it really, you know, had I grown up in a family where it was just not as pleasant or I didn't have as loving parents or I didn't have parents that could afford it, therapy, it's expensive. Um, you know, I really am just very grateful. And I know that a lot of people, not everyone has that same like chance that I did. And I just feel very grateful because I feel like, you know, growing up, I really, when I was 14, you know, I really got to like, just go on kind of like a journey with myself. And I really got to dive deep into why I think the way I think and why I feel the way I feel. And, you know, what, And, you know, my parents are amazing people and, but everyone has some sort of trauma because everyone, everyone is raised by parents or a guardian or something. And that shapes you into the adult you become. Mm -hmm. And just because, you know, you don't have to have been abused or raped or something very traumatic, like on the severe side, everyone has stuff, you know, that they don't resonate with anymore that they don't really like that. They're just like, you know, I I wish my parents didn't like everyone has that and that's totally fine and okay. And I really, you know, but I just feel like my parents, I just feel like I got really lucky because um, from a young age, I realized, okay, you know, what makes me feel good and what makes me feel worse. And I realized caffeine makes me feel worse. I realized alcohol doesn't it I just don't need it you know it doesn't do anything for me it makes me feel worse it triggers my anxiety um and the next day doesn't make me feel good um and I also realized like so to me it's like my brain has this positive kind of like connection of like this reinforcement loop of you'll feel better if you go on a run you'll feel better if you you know put away your phone so I I feel lucky that growing up, I had a chance to just like, you know, 
kind of instill some positive like daily habits. Yeah. Yeah. That's important because you are, you're in more control than you, than people take away their power. People don't realize that a lot of the stuff is self-inflicted, right? Like you look back, like, what did you do today? Okay. Did you, did you eat? Like, what did you eat? What did you do? What did you put in your body? Did you do anything? Yes. Intentionally prep yourself. Did you journal? What did you do? And most times there's going to be a track record of things that probably aren't helping the cause. Right. And of course. <laughs> I notice in my own life too. And, and the days that I get out of alignment, like all of June, I was out of alignment. I fell off. I'm, yeah. I'm, it was really challenging. It was the hardest month of the year for me out of all of the months, June really rocked me. But I also, I know that there was some of me that created that because I look back and all the practices, the meditations, the journaling, mm-hmm. uh, all the things that got me to where I want to be, I took, took a back seat. And what happens? Mm. That manifests in reality. And I really believe that there's a lot of things that we can do to control how we feel. Yes. Nature, a, a, a spiritual practice. Like I said, journaling, yoga water, nutrition. Like there's so many things that people can do before they start taking medication as well. That is Mm -hmm. like such a serious thing. It's like, we are, we are powerful. And like you said, like having the self-awareness that, huh, this doesn't work for my brain. So maybe I shouldn't be doing this as often, right? This doesn't doesn't work. That's your body just saying, Hey, here's a nudge, giving you a little nudge. Like this doesn't work for us. Okay, cool. Then you stop doing it. But how many people just continue doing the things, the sabotaging of ourselves of in these different habits? And yeah. that itself, knowing in the back of your mind that you're doing that can create anxiety in itself because you know you know better, but yet you keep doing it. And, and so that true. itself can create this loop of anxiety, right? Yeah. It's I, really I, fascinating. Yeah. That is, it is fascinating. And I think, you know, it's just, it's really like in today's society, like social media, it's just so hard to not go down the slope of like comparing and, you know, like just not feeling good enough. Like it's so hard. And for me, I know that that, that is a trigger. And that's something that, um, I still, like fully admit to myself and to other people, like I struggle so much with um, like self-love and body image issues. And, um, you know, I've had so many people like when I'm applying to jobs or something and people are like, you, like you have body image issues, but like your life is this and your life is that. And I'm like, well, that's something else that's wrong with our society is we judge people, you know, who, like you have body image issues, but like, you know, you're skinny, you're this, you have this kind of car, like you don't, but it's like, basically we're guilting people to not be able to feel and to not be able to be a human being and, you know, not being able to like have emotions. And I think it's just important just to like honor how you're feeling. And, you know, to me, it's like, I could do years of therapy and try to get to the root of why I most of the time, like why I look in the mirror and I'm like, I wish I looked like her, or if this were better then my life would be this way. Or 
but it's like, you know what? <laughs> I can't change, you know, the size of my forehead or this. I can't change that. And I need to like actively, you know, instead of looking in the mirror and starting to just like, you know, kind of hate on myself, I could spend the same time like building myself up. Totally. I could, and it's a choice, but I think it's like starting with baby things of, you know what? I accept you today. Like instead of saying like, you know, I love you. You're gorgeous. You're this. Cause sometimes that's cheesy and like, you're not going to believe that, but it's like looking in the mirror and just thinking today I accept you. Like just kind of, you know, like getting there and working um, there. But yeah, I think it's just hard. Social media, it's so popular and like everyone is on it and it's just, like the amount of followers you have, it matters. And it's like, that gets you more jobs. And so to me, it's like, it's like this whole circle of like, yeah. you know, a part of our brain understands that this is toxic and this is like a toxic cycle to be in. But then a part of our brain is like, but no, because I get rewarded the more followers I have. And yeah. I get, you know, I get like job opportunities and people like, so I think it's like this confusing back and forth. Yeah. There's a lot of out of alignment. And I think we're all agreeing to the same program, which is we're all struggling from it. Every single person that's on social media yes. yeah. struggles from the exact same thing we're yeah. talking about because somebody's always comparing themselves. Somebody has always got more than they got. Somebody's always higher at what they're, they're doing, whether it's a podcast, whether mm -hmm. actors, whether it's entrepreneurs, anything. There's always that. Yeah. And it's all bullshit because every, a lot yeah. of people are out of alignment. A lot of people aren't in their truth. A lot of people are yeah. trying to be somebody they're not. And really that itself can create anxiety as well. That can create being out of alignment. Yeah. Are, trying to be somebody else to satisfy people that you'll never meet in your life. It's like, and, and it's true. I had an account. I had a massive follow on Instagram. I got hacked, you know, and that's what I used for a lot of my guest outreach for, mm. for, for Instagram. And it got hacked. I had to start from scratch again. And the amount of people that wow. look at you differently, it's a really interesting experiment because now mm -hmm. I look at it differently. Now it's, it's a really weird game we're in. It is just, it is what it is, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm a little bit wiser, a little bit smarter at how I look at people and how I yeah. like navigate it because it's yeah. all bullshit. Social media, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tool, but a lot of it is BS. A lot of the, the, a lot of the, if you're using it as a way to like inspire people and get your message out there to give that love to people, to show the truth, then it's a tool. But if you're using it for vanity and you're just polluting the polluting the airways with nonsense and feeding into this this ugly side of things, then it's 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 poison. Yeah, it's silly. So it's like I guess you got to have your you got to really get real clear and real with yourself too. At like like what am I actually doing? Like we sit on these things all day long. Mm -hmm. The screen time is mind boggling sometimes to look at. Like I'm it is. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> For myself, I, know, I, I would never as, show mine <laughs> as a human being. Like, you, like I spent twelve hours. There's days yeah. where I had spent, and I oh, I had to use it for work. Bullshit! I didn't use it for work for twelve hours. I know, like, and I think that's just like, and that's something I have to remind myself of too. Is that you know, like, 
I'm all about working hard and hustling and making it happen. Like, trust me, I love like work. I love it. But there's also just this like, you know, and this is where it comes back to like a part of my brain is aware of like, Megan, you do know, right? That like going down this rabbit hole of like, you want more, you want more, you want more, but you never feel like enough or like you are worthy. Like, and then there's a part of my brain that's like, you know, no, but it's the hustle. It's the hustle. But it's yeah. like, I also have to remind myself that like, <laughs> Megan, you do know that like, I call it the race to nowhere because it's a real thing. You know, yes. when you kind of get on that like rocket ship of I'm going to get all of these followers and then I'll feel happy. Or you're like, I'm going to get all these followers. I'm going to get all this, like this crazy new office space you know, this kind of car and I'm going to get this job and I'm going to make this kind of money. And then, but you get to like where you want to go and you're like, I mean, to me, it's like, um, like a lot of people though, I'm not saying everyone wouldn't be happy with that, but it's like, I think just getting on that, like, like I said, like that rocket ship of where you're just like, I have to have it all. Or like, I just have to constantly be like, you know, up wanting other people on social media or like it, it's yeah. just I feel like it is this race to nowhere because yeah. you're like you know once I get there but then it's like there is no there what is there like what yeah, is but what, why can't there be right here because it has to be it has, it has to, to be. be and that's a choice because or else you're you literally will spend the rest of your life conditioning your brain to believe oh no the reward is over yeah. here you have to accomplish this and then you'll get the reward but then you don't allow yourself to have that reward or that like yeah. soaking in the moment time or, you know, just like feeling that gratitude. Like, and that's something that I totally struggle with too. Like while we're talking about it, like I have a hard time. I have a hard time allowing myself to like, you know, just be grateful, but actually yeah. to feel it myself, to feel yeah. proud of myself. I have a really hard time with that. Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do that's normal, right? Because we're always, we're, it's like the carrot. We're just, it's dangled there. And a lot of people who have success or what is success really getting a bunch of things, a bunch of accolades, a bunch of approvals doesn't mean shit. I've talked to people who have done so well and they're still not happy. They have to, you have to have that, the self-love self-love is acceptance, it's yeah. it's accept full acceptance of who you are and where you're at yeah. all the good and the bad because the good is just as important as the bad and the more you can do that with yourself the more you will see it in other people as well you'll become more accepting and that's what unconditional love is that's what love is and if we are all but it has to start with ourselves yeah it has to start with ourselves so the more that we and this is a lot of people hear self-love and they think it's like a buzzword, but it really is like, it's the start of everything. It's the Mm -hmm. start of our relationships. It's the start of everything that we do. If we look at ourselves and we feel we aren't enough, then we're going to be constantly putting out that energy that we need something else, but everything that we have already. And when we can master that, then we become a better friend. We become a better colleague. We become better Mm -hmm. because we see that in other people as well right? Everything in our life, projection of what's going on inside. It's so so true. And and I've just realized that in the last month too. I'm like, why is this flow? Like what happened? What happened here? Obviously what's going on in the world, 
all the stuff was like a real, like the racial stuff really knocked me down. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like there was this like this combination. And I think a lot of people felt it. And now I look back and I look at how I've been looking at myself and how I've been talking to myself. And what have I done to program myself intentionally? And it hasn't been there. It mm-hmm. hasn't been there. The things that I speak about in this podcast with tons of people that I preach, I wasn't doing myself. And I wonder yeah. why I'm in a position where I'm looking at it as a victim, right? And you can easily go back to those old patterns if you don't do the stuff consistently on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. It's so important. Stuff like anxiety, stuff like all the stuff that's deep rooted. If you have struggled it from before and you're like me and you like fall off the rails, it's so easy to go back to that old program and these old habits, and these like self-worth issues. Like, am I enough? Like you get criticism and it's like, should I just quit all this stuff? Like, why am I doing this? Like I've had all that conversations lately in my head. Like those kind of things happen. And it all starts Powerful. with, yeah, it starts with ourself though. You know, it really, yeah. it's like the basics. <laughs> it is. And it's like, you know, it's just, I mean, I could talk about this for like days on days on days, yeah, but same. like, it's just, it is so true though. It's like when we, you know, like go after something, whether it's to get that gold medal or, or to, you know, just we're the achiever, like that's our personality type, um, or to get that, to start making this amount of money. It's like, if we go into it with a lack of like self love or just like doing it to feel better or more whole, you're going to come out feeling like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really this fascinating thing of when am I going to realize I've already been like enough or whole or beautiful enough or like my whole life. It's just this crazy thing concept of like, wait, so I didn't need to, you know, get this like Botox or this shirt or buy this thing. And it's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it really is. But like, I admire you. You've done well for yourself. Like, I mean, thank you. Like good for you. Like you're 24. It's funny because I, I spoke to someone else, another powerful uh, businesswoman, 24 as well. It's crazy. Two, two crazy successful 24 year olds. I'm like, wow, what was I doing at 24? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's great to see. But at the same time, it's funny because we look, we don't. Other people see us differently. Sometimes we don't see ourselves the same. It's like we've done these things, and then we don't really appreciate what we've done. Because it's us and we just see it as like, oh, yeah, I've done it. It's like, uh. But other people yeah. see it and it's like, whoa, you've done a lot. Like looking at your, what you've done, like you've done some cool shit. And like, yeah. you know, most people would agree with me and go, you're pretty successful and you got your head screwed on right. And, and you're, you got a great, you know, but there's obviously the inner dialogue in all of us and probably in yourself <laughs> that, that finds it challenging to like, to, to soak that up and be like, wow, I, I've actually really... I've really done a lot of shit. Like I've really done some cool stuff. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a real thing. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, walk around my life and like, I'm a really, you know, I'm a humble person. So like, yeah. I, like I can take compliments, but you know, it's just something I need to work on. And I'm very aware of it of, you know, when's the last time I actually actively like, 
purposefully practiced self-love? Like when is the actual last time, you know, not just going through the motions of like, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to, you know, take a warm bubble bath, but like, when's the, when's the actual last time I like worded myself up? Like I looked in the mirror and I was like, just actually like, it's yeah, it's just something, you know, this, this feels like a therapy session now, but like, you <laughs> know, it's it. just, it's just something where I'm like, it's also, I don't know. It's just like this sadness of like, I, you know, I know I'm young, but like, I, I don't, I don't want to get to like 90 years old and be in a retirement home. And like, you know, my youth is gone. And, and then I'm just like, Oh, frick. Like I just spent my whole life. Like, that's what I don't want to happen. Like I, I, I don't want to spend my whole life just constantly like looking for the next moment, you know, it's just constantly thinking I'll be happy in an hour. I'll be happy when this guy's texted me back. I'll feel like, you know, cause yeah. then it's just like, well then I'm going to be waiting for 40 years. And then pretty soon before you know it, you know, I'm 95 and I can't like, what, what am I still? Yeah. That kind of a thing. Yeah, I know. I know it's, it all comes down to, I found the the best way to really get clear on that is to just journal about it. Yeah. The gratitude doing 10 things you're grateful for and why is so powerful. Mm. It's to think about like, not just I'm grateful for this. It's like, I'm grateful for this because, and, and really getting clear on the why of it is like, and then you repeat it. I got it from the book, the magic, believe it or not. by Oh my gosh. It's a, it's a, it's, I know I don't even know the amount of like entrepreneurs that I know that have read that and it's changed their lives. Like if there's one thing that I could recommend to people that want to practice gratitude, especially from somebody like me who is like an athlete bartender, like complete alpha, like complete opposite side, like over masculine. Like I would laugh at that kind of shit. And for somebody like me to take it on and do it and it completely change my life. Even right now, I'm like, well, why don't you take your own advice, Lance? But that's why you're in this position. <laughs> but I did it for so long that it literally yeah. changed my life. And then when I get out of alignment and I don't do it, then yeah. I wonder why things are like not feeling as good. But that itself, Man. just journaling is so important. Like yeah. writing stuff down because even not like getting, you don't always have to say it for it to be like real Sometimes just writing it down and just going crazy, you know, three pages of writing just nonsense mm-hmm. is just like the most liberating thing in the world. Like I've, I've noticed. It is. And yeah. also like, like, especially right now during this time in my life, like, you know, when I started motivational speaking and <laughs> writing books, like I was like 19, like I had, you know, no idea what I was doing. All I knew was just, I wanted it. And I had a lot of drive and a lot of persistence And like, no, I didn't grow up in a family, you know, where I was related to an author or to a motivational speaker. Like, I just literally just knew that I was a good people person. And I knew that like, I got a good bubbly personality. So that's going to take me far. And I mean, it's just crazy because that was four and a half years ago. And then now at 24, you know, it's like, I mean, 
it's just, I've been journaling nonstop lately because it's like all my dreams, things that I wanted so badly at the beginning, they've all come true. And like, <laughs> you know, I like, I've done two Ted talks and I've That's written amazing. three books and I'm working on my fourth and this fourth one, it's like going to be like a hardcover and actually published and with like a real like publishing company and, you know, like cross fingers, but like in, you know, Barnes and Noble, like an actual, like, and That's that, amazing. those are things that like, you know, I, I never, I never really worried though. I was like, I just know it's going to happen. Like I never really sat and would be like, well, how, you know, like I'm not so-and-so. I just was like, there is a way yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to, you open one door, doesn't work. You open like 600 more. Like I will give myself credit though, because I, I know I'm like a type A, like overthinking, like I get anxious, but it also, to me, it's like, it also really pays off because I freaking like, it keeps on, you know, motivating me to like, want to, you know, do more. And, um, it keeps me on my toes. And I feel like I overthink so much to the point where I like, <laughs> I don't know, like I just like solve an answer or just, I'm like, so to me it like, it kind of revs my engine. Like it gives me a lot of energy. So it has its cons but it has a lot of pros and you know I'm also just hardwired in the sense that like I literally think anything is possible to the point where like I like I just I believe in anything I believe in miracles and I believe that like anything one of my favorite quotes is anything can happen anytime and I just believe that like with it just you know a good attitude and you know like a just that inner drive and that willpower I just feel like literally anything is possible and like the sky the moon is the limit and I mean it just makes me feel good to like dream big and to like you know dance around my room and be like oh my gosh what if I was on the cover of Vogue and just imagining that and like I don't know I just do that all the time <laughs> yeah but that's so important there you, you nailed some really important things is that the the importance of self-belief oh, you got to believe in yourself knowing that you can do it yeah and allowing yourself to dream and that's but a lot of people don't do that because they they just think that it's they they allow the self-talk or the other people's opinions to stop them as kids we dreamt we could do anything we had no resistance it was like i can do this i want to yeah. do that someday yeah. it stopped but the fact is and now for you know me interviewing a lot of successful people, and it's always the same thing. It's the people, are the believers are the ones that got to where they want to go. If you yeah. don't believe it, if you think woo-woo, if you think, oh, it's stupid, well, where are you at in your life? Like, Are you getting what you want? Because chances are you yeah. haven't believed in yourself long enough for anything yeah. to happen. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Lance, no, but yeah. I want to share like a little tiny crazy yeah. story about that topic because- yeah. Like, I, I totally agree. It's the complainers are where they are because of, you know, what they yeah. believe in. And a really good example, pre-quarantine in like February, I was doing a photo shoot and we were around this um, like uh, tiny apartment complex and we, there was just a, co a cool mural like down the street and we were taking pictures. And I remember this guy pulled into his like parking spot and he's like, staring at me because I had a sign that said like you create your reality <laughs> it was the best person to see that sign because he was like so pissed off it triggered him so much oh. and I was like 
this is interesting. And he literally marched across the street, came up to me and was like, what is that? And I'm like, it's my sign. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm taking pictures. This is my photographer. And he's like, you really like, so just like, he's like, you really believe that, that your thoughts create, like, are you kidding? And I'm like, and do you live in that apartment complex? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and then that's why. Yeah. Hate to break it to you, but your beliefs and what you believe you deserve in the story that you tell yourself, like we all have a story, you know, it could sound like I'm Megan Gallagher, I'm 24 and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I deserve this. And this is the kind of like whatever we believe we deserve and what, whatever we believe we can accomplish. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And I was like, I was laughing because I'm like, well, this is why you live here and you're so like angry and just like a hater. Sorry, dude. But like you, you, I think, I think the best kind of people in the world are the ones that have taken responsibility for the fact that they are the creators, the directors, the authors, the producers of their life. Yeah. Like they have taken responsibility and know that, you know what? No one else gets this control. Like I get the remote control and I think our thoughts have a lot. Like I really believe our thoughts have a lot to do with how far we go. I really do believe that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I've talked to like Olympic athletes and best-selling authors and everything. And like, I'm sorry, but it's like, what's the common denominator here? Yes. I understand. I understand. Some people are born into a family. I get it. Some people have a lot of money. Some people just have that one connection and they're an overnight success. I totally get that. Their video goes viral on TikTok. <laughs> like, I totally get that. But I think that like the real thing, the common denominator that creates long lasting success and happiness and you know, getting that house, that car where it's like, you feel good. And you're like, this is what I deserve. And it's what I want. And you know what? It feels freaking awesome. That's your thoughts. It's thinking positively and focusing on what makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, 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 you know, well, maybe it's an accident. Like when people say like, well, why is this person successful? (laughs) Like, why do you think all the yeah. people, like I talked, okay, here's an example. Are you okay for time, by the way? Oh, we could talk for, I, okay, were- perfect. I'm, I'm good for time. And I, I'm just really enjoying this conversation. Yes, me too. <laughs> so I, um, I interviewed Jack Canfield, which is like an amazing. Stop chicken soup for this. Yeah. So, okay. Big, so, I'm fangirl. Yeah. He, right now. He's amazing. You should listen to his episode, but I love his story though. Cause he got rejected by a bunch of publishers, yeah. right? Yeah. Tells it. He tells it on the episode too. So he, okay, but here's the thing. He's like, he is just like the walking, the walking, what's the epitome? Is that the right word? Walking epitome of what something is? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Walking definition? Walking definition, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm not like a, definitely English uh, is not my strong suit at getting words out, but I'm learning. Anyway. um, (laughs) You're doing an amazing job. So he's just so you realize, wow, okay, this guy is very successful. Maybe he's going to be like a dick or something. Maybe he's like not. Of course. Yeah. You know, you think I've interviewed, you know, people that are not that successful that have this ego. And I'm like, why do you even have that? Some people are so successful and you're like, wow, how are you so nice? 
And Jack Canfield was like one of the nicest human beings I've ever talked to. And he's no just way. so in flow. And yeah. his presence in the conversation, you just like feel good. And he's just all about the, like that energy. And yeah, the people that doubt this shit are the people that really need to get curious as to why are you doubting it? And have you tried that before? Because I know <laughs> I have, it doesn't work. So I'm willing to listen to yeah. people that are successful. Yeah. I don't give like, if you say law of attractions, bullshit, well, you're just completely shutting off the chance. But it's like, but, but those people, you know, the ones who are just so angry and so quick to be like, that's, you know, that's BS. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. I feel like those people are the ones who enjoy being in a self-fulfilling, like merry-go-round of negativity and they want like, or they just, it's like, but you do realize that your attitude and your like, you know, negativity, hateful stuff like example a yeah. is your life yeah because your friends if you're acting this way your friends are probably also that way yeah you're probably living in a crappy weird place <laughs> like yeah. with weird energy because energy attracts energy like yeah yeah and and i i think it's like that radical self-awareness to know like okay and that's okay like some people are going to be there and they're at different parts of their journey but just get curious as to like am I really happy with where I'm at and do the habits where, where do I want to be and do my habits align with where I want to be? Yeah. Do, do I do the things like all the successful people are doing these things and saying these things yet I'm resisting them. And I mean, what's going on there? And yeah, of course there's a certain amount of applied action when it comes to, you know, you're not just going to think of something and things are going to fall out of the sky, money or whatever. Of course. Yeah. You have to be laser focused, but for me, the law of attraction, I think Jack talked about it too. And I asked him to explain it because why not? Oh. Jack Canfield. Anyway, so it's like, it's like that, having that, that vision, mm-hmm. like that real clear intention, but then having like laser focused action too. Like yeah. everything, if you're visualizing that, that's one piece. But then you also have to be like every single thing. Well, no, you can't every single thing, but most decisions and things that you do should ask yourself, is this aligning with what I'm thinking about? If I'm yeah. focused about what I'm thinking about, then all the things that I'm doing should probably get me closer to that thing. And eventually that thing becomes shorter and you get closer to it. That's what I think law of attraction really is. It's having the laser, laser focused, mm-hmm. intentional work ethic, smart, but like having that clear, that clear goal and the clear, like, you know, Line of action, so to speak, right? Yeah. And that's different with everybody. I think everybody has, and then that comes with belief. That comes with like a hundred percent belief. If you have a shred of doubt, well, I think the thing gets further away, right? Totally agree. And, and I think someone like yourself, the fact that you've been able to shorten that window means that you've applied those things, and that belief was so strong in you that you literally shrunk what what would have taken most people probably 10, 15 years. Yeah. Order. So now it's like you realize, shit, I've been able to do this. So that must be a little bit overwhelming for you because you realize that you are powerful. Now what? Like, but that's yeah. good as well because now you can set the goals, the bar so high mm. that you know that it's, it's possible, right? Yes. I know it's possible. And for me, you know, 
like before I, um, and something that's crazy too is like, you know, when I was 13, 14, like in high school as a teen, I, you know, my anxiety was so severe and most days I would like come home from school and this is after, you know, I had seven classes and so this was after having like seven or eight, even more, like I had sometimes up to like three panic attacks in one class and each time, you know, I was either like, you know, had my hands in my like sweatshirt pocket and was like pinching my hands, just trying to like, Megan, you know, focus on something else. Doesn't this hurt like this pain? It hurts more than your anxiety and kind of not like a self harm, but just something to like yeah. distract myself and oh, that hurts. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, I'd come home from school and just be like out of breath and I would have like no energy and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And one thing that's just so crazy to me, it's also the power, the power of manifesting is, um, you know, when I was in high school, I was obsessed with the TV shows on MTV, like Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory and Ridiculousness and The Buried Life. And this was like 2011, 2012. And they were just, I would come home and like watch these shows and they kind of, you know, they were just very like creative, fun, like entrepreneurial, like Rob Deerdeck. He's one of my idols. And, um, just the buried life, like those guys, you know, they were just driving across the country in a van, crossing things off a bucket list. And to me, like, you know, I grew up in a tiny town and I was like, I don't like school. I knew that, I knew that from a very beginning age, I knew that I never really clicked with academics. And so just for me watching these shows, it was like this other world, like that was my escape. You know, I would just get lost and like, whoa. So I feel like, that to me and watching you know the ellen show and all these fun shows i like my imagination has always been huge and i feel lucky that i still as an adult have a really big imagination and i feel like that's a big part of manifesting and in my room too growing up i would have like you know bulletin boards all the way around with like pictures of magazines and all these like i've always been just such a visual creative like oh my gosh, I'm going to go here and then I'm going to, you know, anything is possible. And now it's crazy to me because now I'm an adult and I'm an author and I'm a motivational speaker and I've met the buried life guys. Like, it's just so crazy growing up. I looked up to them so much and I've met like, you know, people who know Rob Deerdeck and I've seen him and I've been to an event where he spoke. And like, to me, I'm like, Anytime where I feel doubt, I'm like, Megan, just be aware that none of this is a coincidence because eight years ago, you know, you were sitting on a couch in your home in Lafayette, California, and you were like, how do I get there? And I want to be in that place. And then, you know, now you're here. So it's like, yeah, there is a force, God, universe, karma, law of attraction. There is a force gravitational pull of the way that things work. It's like when you focus on something, when you already imagine, how do you feel? How would you feel if you already had it? it. Yeah, that's huge. Like imagine you're already dating that person. You already like, I feel like that's the key parts of like, oh wait, whoa. And then you can trick. You already have it, yeah. Like Ed Milet talked about this really cool thing where he said manifesting is basically tricking your mind into believing it you already have it and then once you trick your mind 
you'd be like, if I knew like, you know, I had a million dollars in the bank or if I knew that I was dating like some like hunky, you know, like <laughs> man who was gorgeous, I would be doing backflips down the sidewalk. I would be so happy. So to me, I'm like, well, then let's act that way. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's literally, yeah, that's, I get that a lot from like Joe Dispenza as well. Uh, he's yeah, been on Ed Milet and all like, like that's, it's literally just, yeah, tricking yourself. And, and that's the thing about it as well as being grateful for things that you don't have yet that you feel like you have now mm -hmm. is another powerful thing. But mm -hmm. the actual emotion, it's like clear intention and an elevated emotion is what yeah. is manifestation. It's like yeah. when you can feel that you have something and like, you know, it's weird how it works because sometimes you get things sooner than others and some things are a little harder to get because I think what, we don't let it go enough. So you want to think about it, really feel that you have it, and then you almost want to forget about it. Like you almost like yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and also, okay, also honestly, Lance, like there's been times where I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to meet this person so badly. Like example, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, wow. He was my childhood crush growing up. I had pictures of him cut out from Seventeen magazine on bulletin boards in my room. And I would, you know, like oogling like his six pack washboard abs. And I was like, he's so hot. And then, you know, just last year, last year in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, I got a haircut, this is pre quarantine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I kind of want a smoothie. And I had this crazy strong, just gut feeling like go to this place, get a smoothie here. And I'm like, well, I trust my gut feeling. So, okay. <laughs> I'm like walking down the street. And then there's only like, I'm like, this is such a random smoothie. It was like a part of like a gym. And I'm like, okay. Um, there's like one person in the store and I'm like, interesting. I wonder why my intuition led me here. And then there's one guy in front of me in line and it was Scott. I'm not kidding. It was Scott Eastwood. And this is, you know, 16 year old Megan, 24 year old Megan. Like he was in front of me in line and I will never forget like, I, just, I like, you know, you just get this weird feeling like this yeah, premonition. Totally. Like I just knew for some reason, like I call it the fuzzies when I just get this weird, like tingly goosebump feeling. I'm like, I feel like I just have this weird feeling like this guy is someone famous. Yeah, that's when I you're just, in, you're in alignment too. I just knew it. And his friend like tapped on the shoulder. was like, Scott, I'll be outside. And I'm like, <gasps> no way. <laughs> like my heart literally did like a double take. And I'm like, this is Scott. Like, I had wow. a second where my brain was like, and I was like, Megan, psh, 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 get it together, girl. And then he like turned around and I'm like, oh my God, this is Scott Eastwood. And then he was waiting for his smoothie and I paid for mine. And, you know, I had five seconds and I'm just like, nope, Megan, you will never get this opportunity ever again. So I went up to him, I tapped on the shoulder and I was like, Scott, and he was wearing sunglasses. I'm like, Scott. I'm such a big fan of yours. Can I please take a selfie with you? And he's like, sure. And he was super nice. And we took a selfie and I'm like, holy frick. Like I was like, shake. I was literally with my phone. I was like, here. Uh. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I was like let sweating take, through. Let me take oh, I know. I was like, <laughs> I like, couldn't even talk. And I was like sweating through my whole entire outfit. Um, but it just shows, you know, like, yeah. like what oh. the heck on a Sunday yeah. at a smoothie shop. So, I, yeah. Like, I just really want to inspire people. 
like, don't give up. Like, just because it didn't, you know, happen this one way where you thought, like, no, but this would, this would make sense. You could run into, like, someone at a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, the how always, it's, you don't know. And what you no. may think isn't, because you, you, there's a certain amount of letting go you need to have, too. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like that's the thing. It's, it's, you can't control the how. And it's the zigging and the zagging, the ups and the downs. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get there. And it may take you somewhere what you never expected. But yeah. it's either going to bring you something that is going to actually be better than what you thought, or it's going to bring you that. Or something that you needed more than what you thought. And then you're like, sometimes it's for me, I'm like, shit, I'm glad that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> It happens to me all the time, especially with guys, with dating. I'm like, I thought I oh, wanted I this, and then you actually get totally. it, and you're like, uh, totally. uh, no. <laughs> I know. And it's like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. I appreciate it. You're really watching out for me. Yeah. yeah. At the time, you're like, whoa, what? Why, why are you doing this to me? Like, what? <laughs> It's so cool. It's a fun game, though. To me, yeah, it's like a game. It's like, it you know, if I focus all my energy on something why not? Like I want to meet that person in real life. I want to take a picture with them or, um, you know, it's like also just testing how I think how connected you are to like the flow of life and whatever you choose to believe in God or source or to me, it's like, Oh, well, you know, this, this manifestation, it came to fruition. Like it actually happened in my real life. So that must mean you know, I'm connected to something. Yeah. It's not just accident. And a lot of no. people, oh, it's an accident, it's coincidence. No, I fool, no. Like, give me a break. <laughs> like, that just doesn't, I just don't believe it. But also the, the, the shitty things that come too, we cre- it's like we brought that too. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow, but it's always for a reason sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, like sometimes we need those, um, those moments, you know, there's, it's a balancing act and there's somebody, his name's John D Martini. He's amazing as mm. well. And he talks about, he talks about this in the book, the breakthrough experience. And it's, it's like, it's all about reaching that equilibrium. It's like when you get too high, something mm-hmm. will bring you back down to like, and if you get too low, you'll get brought back up. And it's kind of like rolling with the punches, you know, yeah. and just the perspective on the thing itself that it is just is, it's just, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And that's okay. So it's like you celebrate your wins and then you let it go. And then you, you, you come, you get this, like this thing that's a challenge and you go, huh? Okay. Well, I'm going to learn from it. And you let it go. Mm-hmm. They're equally as important. You know, the yeah. challenging times are equally as important as the accolades we win. Like, because we don't learn from the things that we achieve. We learn from the things that, that challenge us, which is hard to us to realize sometimes. But it's just, mm-hmm. if you can realize that everything, this journey is just a balancing act. It's like, it's like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to have a shitty situation flow in. That's all right. I'm going to think I'm going to win as well. But it's like yeah. the, the more you can really get comfortable with both and sort of like allowing the surrender of, of what is, I think is powerful also. To- on the same total page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> where where uh where can we find you and walk us through a little bit of like what you're working on and what people can look forward to checking out yes so 
I am everywhere. So I, I, um, that's why I was like, all right, you will put everything in the show notes, but yeah. yes. So I have my website. It's www.megangallagher.com. Yeah. Um, it has my blogs, my books. It has just everything. My Ted talks. It has my contact info. Um, if anyone listening, if you have a school or something involving, I, I mainly speak to teenagers and young adults about, you know, mental health and self-care. And one of my personal biggest missions on this earth is to change the school system and to have mandatory classes about anxiety. And I really just, you know, basically I, I want teenagers to kind of just experience like I just wish teenage every teenager had the opportunity to basically have a therapist or to have classes where you're kind of preparing teenagers for real life. Yeah. You know, like you're you're setting teenagers up for like actual success. Like you know, I'm going to give you the tool belt. Here's how to handle, you know, the de- the loss of a loved one. Here's how to handle, you know, financial like this pandemic. I think you know, this is a great example of, you know, how are like, how are you doing mentally? Do you feel prepared? Do you feel like you were given the tools, how to focus and how to kind of pull your, you know, pull in that leash, pull it, pull it back and, you know, just reset your focus. And like, I just, you know, I want teenagers to feel like, oh, you know, high school is the time where I am allowed to explore my passions. It's not just, here's about the bubonic plague. Here's about, you know, the cold war. I want teenagers to feel like, wow, you know, this is just like, you know, I feel like I'm actually given space to actually know what my passions are and to figure that out. Because I think teenagers need to be shown, you know, what's real happiness versus, Here's a great GPA, you know, getting to, into this Ivy League college. Those things are amazing. But for a lot of people, you know, those things don't really equal happiness and they don't really equal like success and whatever success means to the individual. Um, so I have my website. Um, and then so it's Megan W. Gallagher basically on everything Twitter, Instagram. I have Facebook, personal business page. I have YouTube, I have a bunch of vlogs, and my podcast episodes are on there. Um, I have LinkedIn, I have Pinterest, (laughs) I have TikTok, (laughs) I have everything. Um, And then, so two projects right now, one, my podcast, Reaching New Heights. Um, We have audio and visual on YouTube and on Acast. And basically, I'm interviewing people like, you know, Olympic athletes and New York Times bestselling authors and like the best of the best. And basically I want each episode to be for a teenager who's like, I want to be an author. You know, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a chef. And they feel like, you know, to, to them, cause I was, I was that girl to me. It was this faraway land that was like, I don't think that's possible. Like, you know, how, how, how do I get there? So to me, it's like, I want to give teenagers the like literal actual steps of what, you know, this person did to get to where they are like actual real steps. Cause I want teenagers to feel like, wait, you know, I want to be a pro snowboarder. I want to be a chef. I want to be a this. So it's possible. So, you know, so they get excited and they know that 
yes, you can do it. And yes, there is a way to make a living doing it. And, um, that like, you should always put your passions first in your life. And I also, um, am working on my fourth book and that title is top secret. Um, but that's in the works, um, with an editor and a ghost writer. And then in the fall in November, fingers crossed, the place, some places open up, but I'm going on a book tour. Um, and then, yeah. And, um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of it. Killing it. <laughs> Thank Killing you. It. Yeah. It. It's, it's refreshing to hear that. Cause I feel like when you're working in, you know, your zone, you, yeah. you don't feel like you are killing it. <laughs> I, I'm the same. I, I feel, you know, it's, it's easy to forget these things. Yeah. Like, I'm never, like, it's never who enough. am I? What, what year, what year is it? What day is it? Like, <laughs> I know I, I, I'm the same way. Like it's sometimes it's like, but yeah, I mean, writing a book and writing your fourth one, it's pretty, I'm working on writing my first one. And I, I guess amazing. the start, the, the start. Yeah. If you knew me before, like <laughs> you'd be like, what <laughs> you're writing yeah. a book. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's great to hear. And it's inspiring because I think books are just such an important tool. And I think it's like mm. a really, it's like a, personal development tool for yourself. I know this podcast has completely changed my life as like me as a human, just interviewing people and talking to people. So any sort of expression where you can be yourself and um, I can only imagine what writing a book is going to be like. So that's awesome that you're on your fourth one because I'm sure it's going to be like amazing. Thank you. I'm really excited. And um, you know, honestly, I just remember when I first started like motivational speaking I will never forget like how many, you know, nights I would spend like worrying about, oh my gosh, well, you know, like when I first started, like my parents supported me financially, like I was making no money (laughs) and I felt this like wave of just like, like, oh gosh, you know, but how much does it cost to like, you know, write a book and all these things I was so worried about, but I, I like, I will stick to this till the day I die because honestly, it just happened. Like I started making money and like things just worked out. And like, that's one thing I want anyone listening to take away from this episode is whatever your passions are, like, don't give up, like work hard, do, you know, do the whole shebang. It takes, you know, different things, but also just know that like, don't worry about money or things like, well, how is it, how am I, you know, how am I going to, you know, get a flight to this place? And like, how am I going to be there? It will happen. If like, when it's meant to, like it will happen. And like now, like, are you kidding? Like when I was 19, you know, I was like walking to like YMCA's and boys and girls clubs. And I like had a business card and I was like driving around all day long to like high schools. And I mean, I was like so nervous and so awkward. And like now almost five years later, like I'm making a, like a very nice amount of money. And I like, I never, I was like, what the heck? Like I thought it was just going to be a side hobby my whole life. Like, so just, I don't want, I don't want teenagers to like not pursue their passions because they're worried about like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to support myself? You know, how am I going to have a family one day? It's like, don't worry about that. Hmm. So good. It's smart that you're targeting teenagers too, because that's such a pivot, pivotal age, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's very confusing. Well, all the time, you couldn't pay me enough money to go back to that spot. 
That was you know, seventh, seventh grade, I was looking just, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those were the, my teens were the hardest, hardest years of my life. And mm. they were just like, there's so many challenges. Like I just, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. And those are the years where we should have the most solid foundation. And if you don't have that, it's a real challenge to navigate. And I mm-hmm. felt that. And, and anything that um, anybody does for that generation, I highly admire because it's just such an important time. Yeah. Uh, and I I lost my brother when he was 18. So it was like he was just one of those kids that were probably just didn't have the guidance. Probably just he was lost, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the tools coming out of teenage years to really to really know like where where am I going? Like what is my purpose? Like what how mm-hmm. do I, right? And it's there's not enough of that yeah targeted for teens. So that's great. And uh, keep up the great work, honestly. Like, this is, this is awesome. You. And yeah, like, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. This was, this was great. And <laughs> I could tell by the, the way we both are, we could probably talk for like three hours. That's why sometimes I'm like, I need a longer one. Yeah. Day I want an in-person, <laughs> like I want Joe Rogan in-person style because I, 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 I like the, the longer conversations. Yeah. Like some of the stuff doesn't open up until later. Like I mm-hmm. I love just like the jam sessions um and yeah, feeding off the energy. So Yes. But yeah, no, I appreciate it and wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Thank you so much, Lance. This was an absolute dream. Um and I'm sorry for your loss by the way. Oh, that's all right. that's, that's okay. That's all right. That's a really hard thing. Um but thank you and I, you know, I just really want to dedicate my whole life to, you know, maybe not like maybe things will change, you know, I'm 30, 40, 50, but like, I really just want to dedicate, you know, my whole life to just like, I just feel like God or source has given me like gifts and just helping other people. And I have the ability to make other people's lives better and to lift other people up. And like, I'm not trying to sound like douchey or like, you no, know, but it's I, not. I really, I really feel like I was just given this gift of like, I can make other people feel better. And like, I just have this ability to like, even, you know, when I was struggling in high school, everyone would come to me for advice. Like I was the advice giver. I was like, you know, the one that would lighten up the room and just the nurturer and the giver. And like, I really just feel that I have these abilities and these gifts to like help other people and to just kind of intuitively just, you know, feel what could be off and just give a good advice. And that's just what I want to spend my life doing is just, you know, doing that through speaking and writing books and expressing myself and my stories. And, um, you know, like teenagers, it just has such a big place in my heart because when I was that age, I struggled severely. And I just, to me, it's like, I hold on to that 16 year old self of, you know what, when I speak at a school, it's like, whether or not the students, you know, when I'm done there, I'm like, do you guys have any questions? And they're like, who the heck is this crazy lady? You know, I'm like, I deep down, I'm like, but I know what they're going through. And I, I was a teenager. Like I was like, I don't have any questions because you're a teenager, (laughs) but like, I know, you know, when they go home, you know, I don't know what their home life is like, like they could be in a really negative abusive household or, 
you know, maybe they were relying off of school for free meals or maybe like they don't have any friends or they don't have anyone to sit with at lunch and they go sit in the bathroom stall by themselves. Like, I don't know. So to me, it's like, I have the honor of having that one hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes talking to them. And I am literally going to like, just boost them up. Like, I'm going to be like Oprah, like, you get a car, you get a car. Like, cause they need that. Cause I don't know what they're going through. And if I can do anything and be anything, I want to lift them up. And, you know, maybe for some of them, it's the first time in their life where they ever actually felt like, you know what, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can, like, maybe the sky is the lit. Like just, I want to, I want to get their minds like going. Yeah. No, that's amazing. It's, it's, you got to have that. And yeah, I think we're on a similar kind of trajectory of what we want to do. It's like, you, you really, you got to be the light in people's lives. If you know you have it. And I know that I'm the same, like I didn't discover that until later, but I know that people need it. People need that, the light. And the more you can shine that on people, and give them that and help them mm-hmm. see that in themselves, the world's going to be a better place. Everybody has it within them, but a lot of them don't see it, you know, yeah. and you just allow them to see that light inside. Like everyone has the tools. Yeah. Everyone, nobody's giving anybody anything. It's just being able to realize within yourself that you have it and what you have yeah. is enough to be as anybody else. Right. It's, yeah. it's just that realization, but Sometimes there's just so much darkness in people's lives and they don't have that light. And I think if you're a person that has that and you realize that it's, it's your duty on planet earth to shine that on people. Right. And it's yeah. hard to ignore yeah. that. I but mean, that gives purpose. <laughs> it gives fulfillment. Yeah. No. And it really does. Like I'm a simple person and like, you know, not everyone is going to agree with me or be like, yeah, you know, like I get what you're saying or like, you know, but I just, to me, it's like, I know just in my bones, like I, I just know I was put on earth to help other people. Like I just know it and I can't yeah. escape it. And it's like, it comes up all the time of just like, you know, me just in these situations where it's like, I feel like this person was brought into my life so I can help them, you know, just like crazy things like that. And like what you said, like when I not to get too into it, cause I know we're like, we've been talking for like four hours, but like, <laughs> um, you know, it's like when I first started motivational speaking, I spoke at inner city schools for free, like in downtown LA and not the great areas in um, not like Compton area, but kind of near there, like Torrance. And I would just go to these middle schools and ask, after school, I would do like a one hour kind of like after school workshop with them. And, you know, it's like, these teenagers were looking at me like I was literally speaking like Chinese, like, they were like, what are you saying? Like, what? What are these terms? And like, you're so like positive. It's like freaking me out. And, but it's like, you know, these kids, like, they just I, like, I, I don't, I don't want a teenager to grow up in an environment thinking that that environment is limiting them or it's going to dictate how far they go. Like I yeah. want them to be like, none of this matters. Not like it's not n- like no, nothing about money or this is the household or my parents are like this. So I'm going to be like that. Like I want them to just, you know, get that fresh air of like, yeah, you can do anything. I don't yeah. care where you're from because the problem is, is if you grow up 
you start creating a story that's like, oh, because my parents were a waitress and, you know, like a gardener and a this, then that means I'm probably going to be, you don't want, you don't want that. Like you don't want to do that. You want to get rid of like the peeling away the layers of an onion, you know, like get rid of whatever stories are negative and they don't serve your best potential because it's just like, why not dream big? Like, doesn't it, doesn't it, like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, doesn't it feel better yeah. just to dream bigger? Like yeah. it feels good. And, you know, give yourself like the keys to the car, give yourself that gift of yeah. like allowing yourself dream a little bigger because you know what? I just, I want teenagers to really feel like it does not matter where you grow up or what kind of environment you can literally do anything And I want them to get into the habit of like, oh my gosh, you know, what did Megan say? Or this podcast or that person? Like, no, I can't do anything. You know, I'm, I'm not a victim or a a product of my environment. Like I, you know, I don't have to be in a gang or I don't have to do drugs. I don't have to drink because everyone's drinking. Like I can be different. And there are people like me one day that I, like, I just want them to get into, you know, stuff that feels good. Yeah, no. And, and totally. It's important. It's yeah. I mean, it's the awareness. A lot of people want to stay in the victim role. That's the problem. Right. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard, but you, you need, yeah. I mean, that light is what you need and what you're doing is really changing the paradigm in a lot of people's lives that they haven't seen. And at least you're planting a seed at the very least. That's all I want to do. If people yeah. roll out their eyes at me, I'm like, I don't care. Oh, wow. I'm still, you're still hearing something because yeah. you just rolled your eyes. That's, that's... <laughs> so that means you're like awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you again. This was amazing. <laughs> we'll Yo, do this thank you for having me. I feel like it's been, I'm like, what time warp? Did I, know, I know, I know, I no, know. No, I love this kind of stuff. Thank you yeah. so much, Lance, for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> It's crazy. Time flies when we're having fun. I know. I could talk for like 40 hours straight, but that's, I don't know. Not healthy, but yeah. Thank you. No problem. We'll put everything in the show notes. You guys make sure to check out Megan. She's got, she's only just scratched the surface of what she's going to do. And I just can't wait to see what you're going to create in the next few years. And uh, it's a fun time to be part of this journey. And now that we're connected, it's, uh, it'll be fun. So again, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Lance. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Check out Megan. She's on Instagram. She's everywhere. Everything's in the show notes. She's got a ton of resources for you, a ton of good stuff, and she's looking to change the world, and she's doing a great job. If you guys haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Stay on top of the episodes. They come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Love you guys. Catch you next time.